pray for that. But let me tell you quickly, uh, you saw in the video there, uh, almost 30 years I worked for other men, everything from an assistant pastor, bus director, uh, working in Bible college, different things like that. Pastored for 10 years in Pasadena, Texas, which is where I grew up. It's a uh, suburb of Houston. And then uh, after uh, 30 years, my wife outprayed me and we moved back to the uh, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois area. Uh, I, I am, uh, I admit it, I own it. I'm a winner sissy, amen. Uh, I do not like the uh, winter. Uh, my, my hands don't fit a snow shovel. And uh, so uh, uh, we, uh, we, when we got married, we were living there in Bourbon A. That's where our home church is. It's about 60 miles south of Chicago. Uh, we were living in Bourbon A. We were there for about 20 months. I told her the land's not fit for habitation. We're going back to Texas. Amen. And uh, we went there and was in Texas almost 30 years. Now she's out prayed me. We're back in Illinois. Six years ago, we started Ambassador Baptist Ministries. Uh, folks, our nation's in trouble. And it's in bad trouble. And we can, you know, talk about all the reasons that, that you and I see as the people of God, the, the sin, the division, whether, man, racial, economic, uh, uh, the, uh, the political divide, all the different things. But listen, those things are not the problem. Those things are a symptom of the problem. The problem is this, it's a spiritual issue. And our trouble is in, our, our nation's in trouble. And, and listen, please, now, if you throw something, throw it at the preacher. He's the one let me come, amen? But... But this is the thing, the lost crowd has not changed. They are doing everything that they've always done. The crowd that's changed is the crowd I'm looking at. We're the problem. Might as well say amen or oh me. Uh, and, and listen, we cannot continue down the same path and expect a different result. It is not going to happen. Uh, the people of God are the ones that are going to have to change. And, and we, we might as well just get that in our hearts and minds and, and realize that, listen, I don't know about you, but I love my nation. And I, I want to see revival in our nation. Folks, I'm telling you, I still believe, I, I know, I tell folks all the time, I'm a retarded Texan, all right, I get it. But I still believe that we can have revival in our nation. God, God's not through. And, and until that trumpet sounds, this is what he said, occupy till I come. That means keep doing business. Stay busy. And, and too many of the people of God have, uh, we, we, we've gotten out of the, the, the business that God's called us to. And, and uh, it's to our shame and our nation is suffering because of it. Our churches are suffering because of it. Most churches are uh, emptying instead of growing. Amen. And so, folks, we, we've got to get it down in our hearts and minds that uh, we've got to do something different. My wife and I, after uh, 10 years pastoring there in uh, Pasadena, Texas, uh, resigned and uh, uh, we sold our home there. Uh, we bought, uh, you saw there, the, the truck. It's sitting out 
in the parking lot in a fifth wheel. That's what we live in. We travel all over this nation trying to help small churches, trying to be a uh, help in starting new churches. Uh, just uh, a week before we came here, we were out in South Dakota helping start a new church out there in a town called Ipswich, uh, South Dakota, 956 people. We had uh, we we just preached a week-long meeting out in a, a park. is just an open-air meeting. God blessed with the weather, so we were glad for that. But we had uh, eight first-time visitors and one saved during that that meeting. And uh, folks, we we've got to we've got to get back to where you know we we used to. Let's be honest. We used to hear a lot on sacrificial living. We used to hear a lot about consecration to God. Uh, by the way, God has an expectation that once you get saved, that you serve him. Remember uh, back in Deuteronomy, uh, this is what Moses told Pharaoh. He said, let my people go that they may, what? Serve me. And we, we've kind of... I, my, I know my pastor just uh, preached a message uh, called The Lost Expectation. And we've kind of lost that. We, it, it's almost like we don't expect people to serve anymore. They get saved, they come in, they sit on their blessed assurance. Amen. Uh, some people kind of take up 18 inches of that. Me, a little bit more. Amen. But, uh, but, but we do. We just we, we come in, we sit, we don't serve uh, we have about 20% of the membership doing all the work. Amen. And, and folks, that is not right. It's not. We've got to get over that kind of mentality. We need to understand that, listen, uh, our, our nation is hurting. Uh, our nation has people that, that they've been abused. We already know they're blinded by Satan according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, and, and so we have folks where they've been abused intimately or uh, uh, physically, emotionally. There are people out there that are hurting. They need a Savior. And, and can I be honest with you? Look, I'm looking at the crowd that cares about that. Amen. Amen. At least I hope you do. How many of y'all want folks saved? Let me, huh? Amen. Isn't that our heart? And see, down at the local bank, can I tell you, they don't care about that. You go to the hardware store and ask them, and you care if people get saved? See, they don't care down there. It's not their job. See, up at Walmart, it's not their job. But see, it is, it is our job. We're the ones that's supposed to be getting out and telling. He, he didn't say, uh, you, you build a building and they'll come. It's not what he said. He said, go ye. And, and see, uh, a lot of times, and, and uh, you know, we, we have a Sunday morning service, and man, we have a good crowd. Uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, man, the, the crowd's a little bit smaller. Uh, Wednesday night, it shrinks a little bit more, and you tell folks soul winning time, and man, you might get two or three folks out. Uh, that ought to be the biggest service we have. 
See, because that's the job we're in. We're not in the church business. We're in the people business. See, the church business worried about buildings and stuff. That's not our job. See, our job is to get out there and tell them. Amen. That's what he said. And we're not doing that. And, and, and can you, you, you get this? See, the lost crowd's depending on us. Because there's nobody else around here that cares. Nobody. Except us. And we're letting them down. And that's not right. It's just not right. So we, we need to understand, folks, that, listen, we've got to do something to get back out. One of the things that uh, my wife and I not only will go in and help encourage small churches, go, we'll, we'll go uh, with a church plant. Uh, we, we are missionaries, so we have our uh, own support. We're still raising support, but we want to go in with a church plant and stay about six weeks getting out, knocking doors, cleaning the toilet, painting the wall. I don't care what it, whatever needs to be done to help that church get started. And, and uh, just do our best to try to be a help to them. And helping a small church, one of the biggest things we can do is get out, try to put new uh, faces in the pew. And not only that, we've learned this. Many of the people of God today have no idea how to win souls to Christ. They've never been trained in how to take a New Testament and lead somebody to Christ. Uh, it, rhetorical question, please don't raise your hand, but I, I wonder how many of you have ever led anybody to Christ. See, most of us could not raise our hand right there. A and yet that is the job that we're, we're commissioned with, we're commanded with. And so we have uh, begun to teach how to win souls to Christ, uh, we'll go in and spend at least five services uh, teaching practical and biblical principles on how to win souls. Things like all sinners are like green beans. Have y'all? How many y'all ever heard that? Uh, here's the principle: uh, You go down the local grocery store, you go the uh, canned vegetable aisle, and uh, you find the green bean section. There's Del Monte and Green Giant and Libby's and some store brand. But you open the can up, what's on the inside? Green beans. Uh, the principle is this. See, sinners uh, wear all different kinds of labels. But on the inside, they're the same. Paul said this in Romans 1.16. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. See, the thing is, I don't care what their label is on the outside. Well, I'm a Catholic. Okay, you need the gospel. Well, I'm a motorcycle rider. Yeah, you need the gospel. Well, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a, you know, I, I was one of those 60s, 70s, long-haired hippies. Uh, I, I needed the gospel. And see, on and on we can go. Doesn't matter what the label is on the outside. See, they need the gospel. And, and you and I are to get the gospel to them. So we need to learn that, listen, if they're breathing... They're a candidate to get saved. Amen? Uh, all sinners are like green beans. You've got to learn to shoo away birds. Shoo away birds. Right, you remember uh, the parable of the sower? Uh, who's going to show up every time you begin to talk to somebody about Christ? 
the old fowl of the air, Satan. So you got to learn how to shoo him off. Amen? Uh, understand this. You cannot be a failure in soul winning. Only three possibilities in soul winning. You're going to either plant a seed, you're going to water it, or God's going to give an increase and somebody gets saved. That's only three possibilities. You cannot be a failure. If you just hand somebody a track, you've been successful. You planted a seed. Man, sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes all you can do is just kind of give a, 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 just a quick word for the Lord. That, that uh, cashier there at Walmart, uh, man, you don't have time to stop and witness to them. But man, you can pull a track out of your pocket and, and, and say, here, uh, let me just give you this quick invitation to church. Please come by and visit with us sometime. By the way, it'd be an awful thing to end up in hell. Don't you do that. Amen. And, and leave them that track. But sometimes, let's be honest. We have allowed Satan to intimidate us. And we're scared to death to even say anything to anybody. Yet the power of God is available for us to be a witness. Amen or not. Uh, and so understand, it's not on the lost crowd. They're doing exactly what they've always done. See, it's a saved crowd's problem. Our nation is in the shape she's in because of us. I know that's, you say, preacher, here you're traveling around trying to raise support. You're skinning the hide of the people that you want to support. See, I don't need your support. You ought to take care of that. What I need you to do is wake up. Because, see, preacher's got to have your help. He cannot do it by himself. Cannot. It's an impossibility. By the way, that's not church. See, let me ask this question real quick. How many of y'all are ordained into the ministry? Would you raise your hand if you've been ordained into the ministry? Uh, I, I see one, my, my hand and Frank. Take your Bible, if you would, real quick. Turn over to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Look down to verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. It says this, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and what? Ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain. Can I say, I understand there's an ordination of men, but God's, but God's ordination's more important. We're ignoring it. And people going to hell we act, we, we act like everything's all right. Can I tell you, it's not all right. Some of you got family headed to hell and you've not even bothered to talk to them yet. You've got neighbors live right there on your street. They've watched you get up and go to church. You hadn't even talked to them. Can I be honest with you? They're wondering why. They know what your job is. They know you're supposed to be witnessing to them. And you're running scared. Cut that out. 
You're going to be in trouble with the boss. You don't cut that out. You're going to stand before him one day. And, and can I help you here? Patty, the, the judgment seat of Christ is not going to be a patty cake party. And, and, and folks, let's be honest. All, all, how do you pronounce this city here? See, I say Augusta. That's, uh, I, I've been corrected several times already. I, I'm speaking a foreign language, amen. Uh, see, there's people out here in Augusta that'll get saved. Can we be honest? Not everybody will get saved. But that's not up to us. See, you and I don't save anybody, amen or not? See, God does the saving. Our job is the telling. He said, go ye. And all the world preach the gospel to every creature. Let me ask you, I asked the preacher this yesterday. Preacher, if you would, just ignore what I'm going to say right now. But how many of you, the, 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 the Great Commission is probably summarized in, in, uh, there in uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, in the most succinct way of any place there that it's given. It says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That commission was given by the Lord Jesus before he ascended back into heaven uh, some 2,000 years ago. Our job is to preach the gospel to every creature. Every generation has a responsibility to reach their generation for Christ. Let me ask you this uh, by, by raising a hand. How many believe that that uh, command has ever been accomplished since it was given? In other words, there is some generation along the way that got the gospel to every creature. How many of y'all believe that that's ever happened? Would you raise your hand? How many would say, preacher, that's never happened? It, it's not. Come on now, some of you are cowards. Raise your hand one way or the other, amen? Come on, take a stance. All right, take your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Look down to verse 23, if you would, with me. Preacher, I think I moved your pulpit a while ago. So. Colossians 1.23, you got it? If you have it, wave at me. All right, look at, look at what it says. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, now hang on, and which was preached... To whom? To whom? Every creature which is under heaven. Now, y'all help me out. How many of y'all believe in an every word Bible? I, I mean, is this thing correct or not? Is this God's word or not? Thank you. I see a man back there. I mean, he's got his hands so high. He's about to touch. Amen. See, this and every... There is not one exaggeration in this book. Not one. And God said, right, somebody catch that, would you? Uh, uh, God said right here, look, uh, he said that the gospel was preached to every creature. You want to know what part of our problem is? We don't believe it's ever been done or that it can be done. And yet we're to live by faith. 
How many times have we read that verse and read right over it? I'm telling you, I've read it hundreds of times. And it, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I saw that. And God said, wait a minute. It's been done. And see, the thing is, folks, if we'd realize it can be done again. It can. And, and have y'all got a hold of this yet? God wants folks saved more than we do. See, he cares more than... He, you don't love them as much as he does. And, and, and this is the thing. We've got to get a hold of that. That Listen, God wants folks saved. He is still in the saving business. The problem is we got out of the telling business. I mean, if you're as honest with yourself, when's the last time you witnessed to somebody that you took your New Testament out and you sat down with them and went through the Word of God and showed them how to be saved? When's the last time you were able to lead somebody to Christ? See, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm not trying to kick you in the shin. I am saying that folks... Our nation's in trouble. We, we, are, we are that close to losing it. The, these anarchists, who, who would have ever thought that, that some crazy, I don't even know what the loons could take over a major city in our nation and the government stand back and say, y'all, police, you back off. We're going to defund y'all. What? Come on, that doesn't even make any logical sense. I, I'm not trying to be political. I'm telling you, I, you would have never thought that had happened in our nation. I'll be honest with you. Now, I'm not from the Northeast. I'm from the Deep South, and I get, I, I, I'm a foreigner. But, but when Bernie Sanders said he is running for president, I thought it was a joke. I did. I thought no way anybody had ever vote for a socialist in our nation. Boy, was I wrong. I, as I grew up, listen, socialism was a half step to communism, and communism's the enemy. I talked to some of my own family a few months ago. They embraced Marxism as a good thing. They, I said, ask the millions that died under Stalin how good Marxism was. They said, oh, he wasn't a Marxist. They just rewrote history. And folks, that's what they're doing right now. They're rewriting history. And they are tearing down everything, every fiber of our nation that good men and women have died for. And I don't know about you, I'm scared. And, and I have to admit, see, I'm part of the problem. Because let's be honest, preachers that preach like me, honest to goodness, I, I get folks mad at me. And I don't think it ought to be. I'm just telling the truth. Why are you going to get mad when the preacher gets up? How many of y'all think the preacher is supposed to preach the truth? Amen or not? Isn't that right? So why in God's dear name would the people of God get mad about it? 
See, how, what we're supposed to do is respond in a positive way. See, in Hebrews it said this, the preaching did not profit them. Man, the preaching is supposed to profit us. It's supposed to not just stir us, but change us. Quickly go back there to 1 Corinthians, and I, I promise uh, I'll uh, keep the preacher's promise of him not being long. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we already read the verses there. I'm going to re just re-quote them real quick and then just give you a quick message and be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why that story? See, when Paul came in, he comes into Corinth, he finds there very wicked people. By the way, they were no more wicked than the people in America today. He found immorality. He found people worshiping idols. I mean, a gluttonous people. Uh, he came in and he said this, folks, he said, I am going to preach one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you would, this is what he preached, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Why that story, preacher? Well, let me give you two things. Number one, because it produces salvation. See, the story of the cross Produces that, that shed blood. Oh my. See, you, you, you can't get under the blood and it not affect you. See, I, I, I grew up in church. I, I was a nursery baby. Uh, I, I tell folks all the time, my parents caused me to have a drug problem. It, they, that's exactly right. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they drug me right down there to church. Amen. Hey, by the way, I'm glad they did. Parents, don't you ever, grandparents, don't you ever apologize for dragging somebody to church every time doors. Why? Because listen, on September the 14th, 1981, when the Holy Spirit of God showed up at my house, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew I was under conviction, and I knew I'd need to get saved because of what I'd been taught all those years. And thank God, thank God, I'd heard that story time and again. Sung that song, down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his wonderful name. Glory to his marvelous name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Can I say, listen, I knew that story. As the Holy Spirit of God squeezed my heart that Monday morning, 6.30 in the morning, man, I, I, I knew where my daddy was, by the way. He was sitting at that counter in Crosby, Texas, reading his Bible and praying before he went to work. 
And I picked up my phone and I called my daddy, weeping, crying. Daddy, I want to get saved. Would you pray with me? I'm so glad my daddy had taught me that. I'm so glad I got saved some 39 years ago now. I'd rather be here preaching the word of God. I'd rather be around the people of God than anywhere. I'm so glad he saved me as a 23-year-old young man. Man, I heard that story. By the way, it, listen, it's not just that cross, but that resurrection. You understand that resurrection proved this. It proved Jesus had victory over sin and death, thereby he and he alone can forgive sin. Oh, thank God for that preaching of the cross. Man, listen, if somebody will listen and the Holy Spirit of God shows up, man begins to squeeze that heart. Folks get saved. See, that's why you got saved. You heard somebody talk about that cross. And the Holy Spirit of God began to squeeze. Say, listen to that. You need that. Man, all of a sudden there was something. That, that light went on, amen. And you said, Lord, I'm guilty. God, I'm guilty. I want to get saved. Would you, would you forgive me? God, would you save me? And, and thank God he did exactly what he promised. Amen. Man, he saved us. How many of y'all glad you saved? Let me see your hand. Aren't you glad you're headed for heaven? Man, listen, I don't know about you. I don't want to go to hell. And, and to think, listen, I, I was uh, talking with another preacher earlier today. Back, back yonder, I believe it's Psalms 103. He said this, and forget not all his benefits. And to stop and think. Now, I'm telling you, we can't even list all the things that we're going to see in heaven. But see, it not only, why it is story? Well, it produces salvation, but can I say secondly, it produces transformation. See, when I got saved there in September uh, of 81, I was one of those long-haired 60s, 70s hippies, motorcycle riding, uh, uh, drug dealing, drug head, uh, drinking, vile, uh, I, I mean, I, I, and, and I was pretty too, amen. That's a, <laughs> at least that's what I thought. But see, that day that I got saved, he began working. See, let me, let me, let me do this. Preacher, come here, if you would. Let me, let me get a couple of, brother, come over here. Preacher, stand right over here. Stand right, let me, let me have one, one. Come here. If you would, stand right here, brother. Come stand in between. Move over just a little bit. Move out there, preacher. Come stand in. See, let me, let me, you stand right here. All right, listen, listen. The day you get saved, right here, this is justification. That's the day, you're, it's just as if you never sinned, not even one time. Thank God, thank God. I don't know about you, but man, I'm glad he chooses not to remember my sin anymore. Over here, bad illustration, but this is glorification, amen? <laughs> I, I couldn't do any better, amen? So this is it. This, hey, uh, yonder in heaven. Amen. Man, think about that one day, that glorified body, we need them, amen? Yes, uh, ours are built for eating, amen? Uh, 
Now, listen, but one day, yonder in glory, we'll get that glorified body. And, and, and the Bible says that, that it'll be some glorification for us. But in between time, see right here, justification, babe in Christ. Glorification, yonder in heaven. This the trip. It's called sanctification. See, and by the way, you can't stay like the baby. There's a journey. See, we are conformed to the image of Christ. So along the way, we are justified. I'm, excuse me, uh, we are sanctified. There, there's some, man, you, you realize I had to get a haircut. Yeah, I had to quit my smoking, all my cussing. I couldn't do that anymore. By the way, it, 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 when I did, I, I, it used to not bother me. I'd cuss, and I didn't, I didn't even cuss preachers. It didn't bother me a bit. But until that day, I got saved. See, I got saved on a Monday morning. I went down to the steel mill. There's two preachers I worked with. One of them was named Richard. One of them was named Jasper Beatty. I'd cussed those guys. I'd mocked them. I'd made fun of them. That morning, I got saved. Richard was working graveyards. I was working days. I went and found Richard. He was in the office. I said, Richard, you never guess what happened to me this morning. He said, what happened? I said, I got saved, man. Richard looked at me and he said, anybody but you. My own mom said the same thing. My dad that morning called her. Said, Scott called this morning, got saved. She said, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Mama, I mean, come on, man, Mom. But that's what Richard said. Then I went and found Jasper. He was down the warehouse. He was on a forklift. I said, Jasper, I know in his heart he's expecting more of the same. Many times I'd cussed him. Many times I'd made fun of him. Jasper, he stopped the forklift, turned it off. What? I said, I got saved this morning. Jasper flew off that forklift, man, and hugged my neck. There's a guy named Ray. I dealt drugs to him on Friday. Monday morning, I told him, I said, Ray, I got saved this morning. He looked at me. He said, man, you had a bad trip this weekend. You'll be back. You'll be all right. I told him, you don't understand. I got saved. There ain't nothing to come back to. God began to destroy. Straighten my life up. Man, that old long hair had to go. My ungodly lifestyle had to go. See, I'm on a journey just like you are. Y'all remember that Gadarean demoniac? Here's a fella that's out there living in the tombs, depressed, naked, out in a cemetery. I believe with all my heart. You ever thought about this? Where did he get the clothes? Because it says the next time you see him, he's what? Clothed and in his right mind. Where'd he get them clothes? I can tell you, I, what, this is just a little Scottology. You can believe it or not. But I believe mom and daddy's just yonder at the edge of the cemetery saying, Son, mom and daddy love you. When you come home, we're praying for you. See, that's my mom and daddy. 
Son, please get saved. Son, come on. Jesus, there he is. Please do something. Thank God he saved me. And folks, I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to listen to that old garbage music no more. Listen, it just about destroyed my life. It ruined me. I was headed for hell. Thank God he saved me. And I don't want nothing to do with the devil's music now. I don't care if it's country. I don't care if it's rock and roll. I don't care if it's a stinking contemporary Christian garbage. You're welcome. I got saved out of that junk. Amen. You like it or not, I ain't coming back. See, I'm on a journey. And I want to be like him. I don't... (laughs) Amen. See this, I want to be glorified. I'm to be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. You understand, you are the very image of who our Savior is to a lost and dying world. They look at you and they're supposed to see Jesus. Not a worldly carnal, let me do what I want to, Uh uh-uh. That's not it. See, it produces a life of transformation. Thank you, young. Sit down. We can say what we want to, but our nation's in trouble. We have produced a generation of Christians that are carnal, that are worldly that are hugging up with this world. And when a man of God gets up and preaches like I preach, they get mad at me. You have to get mad. Because I still believe that old book up there. I, I believe it's true. I don't want that same lifestyle. I want to be like this guy over here. Amen. And I, I want to be able to see folks get saved. And let's be honest, it's not cause of us, but He can work through us. I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. That's not some spooky thing for for preachers. That's for every born-again believer. To be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That that when He says, witness to this person, I'm going to stop and witness to Him. When He says, pray... I'm going to stop and pray. Why? Because I want to be like him. I want to be like him. Man, why would God let a knucklehead from Texas come up with a Bible handout ministry? See, folks scared to death right now because of COVID. When I go to hand out Bibles, first, I don't have to worry about COVID. They're coming to me. Secondly, they've expressed a spiritual interest by saying, I want a Bible. Now the door's open for me to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ and their relationship with Him and with the church. And I can give them information about a local church. I can get their name. I can give it to the pastor and say, sick them, pastor. Amen. Huh? We've got to get back to... 
simple stuff sometimes. Simple stuff. And every one of us know it's right. We've just kind of laid down on the job a little bit. And preachers like me come along just kind of kick you in the bridges. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to upset anybody. not trying to offend you. I'm just saying I know you love your nation. I know you're a people that care because I know who's in your heart. And see, you can't get saved and it not, and it not change you. It changes the way you think, the way you act. It changes everything about you. And so I know you care. Somebody just got to come along and stir it up again. Say, come on, let's get back at it. Let's get back at it. Amen? Let's stand to our feet, if you would. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around, please. Let me just ask you first. Are you saved? I'm not asking, have you prayed a prayer? I'm not asking, are you a church member? I'm not asking, have you been baptized? I'm asking, do you know there's a time in your life when you realized you're as guilty before God, that you deserve to go to hell, and you called out to him and asked him to save you? Do you know that there's a time in your life like that? If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Preacher, I'm saved, no doubt about it. If I die today, heaven's my home. Thank you, hands all over the house. Is anybody this afternoon that would say, Preacher, I'm not sure about that, but I know this, I don't want to go to hell. Preacher, I want to be saved. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? You just slip your hand up good and high. I want to see you. I want to be able to pray for you. Anybody like that this evening? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Please pray for me. Anybody? All right. I see one young one there. You be sure and talk to mom and dad. Now, listen. Let me ask this. How many of you would say God spoke to my heart during the preaching? Maybe something I said, maybe something totally different. But God spoke to your heart. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Preacher, God spoke to me. Let me, let me encourage you to do this. Do not let that be a one-sided conversation. We're going to give an invitation in just a minute. Why don't you come to an old-fashioned altar? Maybe you hadn't been here in a while. I'd encourage you to come on. That's part of the problem in our nation. We, we quit using the altars. Maybe you can't kneel at the altar. Okay, sit on the front pew. But let's talk to God. He's talked to us. Let's talk back to Him. Let's respond. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, please take the message now. God, use it for your glory. Help. God, please. We're in trouble. And God, we've got to have you. We'd ask you to speak to hearts. If there's somebody here who's not saved, they didn't have the courage to raise their hand, God, give them the courage to step out and come. Let us take the Bible and show them how to be saved. Please, Lord, as the piano plays, pray that, Lord, you'd encourage folks to respond. In Christ's name we pray, amen.